Good morning, church. Morning. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. <laughs> happy New Year. So I regret that uh, my wife and my son couldn't be with me here today. Uh, my son, Miguel, he went to Christian Christian school, right? He's still uh, he's grade 12. He's graduating this year, but he's a drummer and a keyboard player. So uh, he's uh, actually helping Josh at uh, Lord Grace Church. Uh, in West 8, so he's, uh, he's helping the worship team over there. And my, my wife, beautiful wife, is uh, actually at our local church here in Camby, and uh, she's involved there as well. So we are in the year 2020, so it is obviously the start of a new decade. And what I'd like you guys to do is I would like you to think back 10 years ago and reflect on this question, what have I accomplished for God in the last 10 years? And in 2030, how many of you would like to be able to say that the last 10 years has been the greatest decade in my life? Raise your hands. It's never too late, right? Now, I think all of us would like that. But in order for that to happen, we need to do certain things each day of the year. Can everybody say baby steps? We need to take these daily steps, which will lead to a better year, to a better decade. So because Christmas Day was just 11 days ago, which is weird to me. It feels like it's been two months already, right? That's how, uh, how fast time flies. And if your life is so busy, then, you know, that's what you can expect. It's just like time just goes by so quickly. But Christmas Day was just 11 days ago. And I would like to look at two groups of people from our Christmas story. They did not forget. They did not lose their joy and their excitement from experiencing the very first Christmas. These two groups of people are no other than the shepherds and Mary. And as we will see in a few minutes, they not only celebrated the birth of Jesus Christ on the day that he was born, after the birthday party was over, they continued to do certain things that we as believers need to also do in our very own lives. And when we do these things, with the help of the Holy Spirit, we will be able to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish in our lives and for his kingdom. At this point in time, I'd like everyone to please stand up as we read from the Word of God. We will be reading Luke chapter 2, verses 17 to 20. Let's read all together. When the shepherds had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in their heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. You may be seated. So, there are certain things that we must do every day of our lives, leading to 2030 and beyond. Number one, we need to keep proclaiming. Can everybody say proclaiming? Luke chapter 2, verses 17 to 18. The next slide says, when they had seen Jesus... They spread the word. What does that mean? They proclaimed Jesus. They announced the arrival of Jesus. They declared that Jesus had come. And all who heard it listened. They listened and they were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. So the shepherds' lives were completely changed after they spent time with Jesus and after witnessing the events surrounding the birth of Jesus Christ. So what exactly did these shepherds experience. Firstly, they saw an angel of the Lord appear before them, and the angel told them that the promised Savior had been born. Secondly, there was a sky full of angels, and the angels praised God by saying, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God in the highest, and peace to all men 
on whom his favor rests. How many of you have God's favor? Raise your hands. If you have God's favor, then you should have peace. If you don't have peace, then you need to ask God that his favor rests on you. So it all comes from walking in a relationship with Jesus Christ, knowing him personally, and then you will have peace. Amen? Amen. So I don't know about you, but how many of you have seen angels? I haven't. But the shepherds saw not just one angel, but they saw a sky full of angels. I would be terrified, but I would also be excited. I would be like privileged, like who else has seen an angel except, you know, a few guys in the Bible. But after the shepherds left Jesus, they could have say, said, okay, that was amazing. What a wonderful first Christmas. Happy birthday, Jesus. Welcome, Savior of the world. And then now let's go back to the fields and take care of our sheep. So the shepherds eventually returned to their flock, but they also made sure that they told others about what they had seen and heard. Can everybody say seen and heard? So the shepherds talked about what they had seen and heard because they were full of joy and excitement. If you go to a great restaurant, right, what do we do? We tell others about it, right? We tell others about what we had eaten, (laughs) not just seen and heard, right? And others will just say, okay, I'll try that out, right? We tell others because we're excited about, you know, this new restaurant. In the same way, if we're excited about Jesus, we should be proclaiming Jesus to others. Amen? Now, like the shepherds, again, we should have the joy and excitement, not just during Christmas season, but every day of our lives. Sure, we did not receive the good news from a sky full of angels, but because Jesus has changed our lives, we should be joyful people. In fact, Christians should be the most joyful people in this world. If you believe that, say amen. Why? Because we have the hope and the promise of eternal life. And because Jesus, his work in our lives, the work of Jesus in our lives, uh, should naturally cause us to tell others about Jesus. Listen, in the Old Testament, God spoke, spoke to the people through the prophets. And the last person, the prophet he spoke through was the prophet Malachi. And then there was a period of silence for 400 years where God did not speak to his people. That's bad news. There were no messages from any prophets nor angels for 400 years. And then one night in the tiny village of Bethlehem, the voice of God the Son was heard. It was first heard by Mary and Joseph, and then a sky full of angels proclaimed the good news to the shepherds, who then went and proclaimed the good news that Jesus had been born. Just think about this. In the Old Testament, God spoke through prophets, and on the night that Christ was born... God spoke to the people through some lowly shepherds. That's a big difference, right? Prophets are like spiritual people, right? I mean, shepherds. Shepherds were considered to be in the lowest social group of society. They were probably treated in the same way people treat telemarketers today. How many of you love telemarketers? Raise your hands. How many of you are telemarketers? (laughs) Just wanted to make sure I don't offend anybody. But how do we treat telemarketers? We ignore their calls, right? We know it's a telemarketer if they're calling from a 1-800 number. Or if we accidentally answer the phone and we know it's a telemarketer, what do we do? We come up with every excuse under the sun to try to get rid of them. Or some of us, we just hang up, right? And they won't call again, right? Have you tried that? I tried that. I've done that many times. So shepherds were regarded by everyone as a great annoyance. They were dirty dishonest people. 
they could not be trusted so much so that they were not even allowed to give testimony in a Jewish court of law. No one wanted to hang out with shepherds except other shepherds and the sheep. Now, when the shepherds saw Jesus exactly as the angel had said, they were beyond belief. They were filled with great excitement, so much so that they had to tell everyone, shepherd or not, rich or poor, they told everyone. Can everybody say everyone? And they were unashamed. Can everybody say not ashamed when it came to telling others about Jesus? So in essence, these shepherds were actually the first evangelists in the New Testament. But listen, they did not require a pulpit, nor did they require special training in the Bible in order to do this. What did they do? Right? They simply told others what they had seen and heard. This is what a witness does. These shepherds were not experts in the law of Moses. They were not experts in spiritual matters. Right? They were stinky, smelly shepherds that took care of stinky, smelly sheep. And yet they witnessed to others. Every born-again Christian is expected to read and study their Bible every day. Amen? But God does not require us to become pastors or Bible scholars before we can be His witnesses. God just wants us to witness. God just wants us to tell others about Jesus and what Jesus has done in our lives. Now, if God can use shepherds, He can use everyone. He can use everyone at Thrive Church. Do you believe that? Can I get a loud amen? You know, when I look at the Christmas tree, it reminds me of the cross that Jesus was crucified on. Jesus was crucified on a cross, but the cross is referenced to in the Bible as a tree. And the Bible says that cursed is he who hangs on a tree. And Jesus became cursed when he hung on the tree. But the reason he hung on the tree is because he was punished for our sins so that we won't need to be punished for eternity in a horrible, terrifying place called hell. So why shouldn't we always be happy and excited knowing that with full conviction that we have been saved? So every time we have the opportunity, we must tell others about Jesus, who he is, why he came, what he has done in our lives, and we tell others what Jesus could also do in their lives. Can everybody say, keep proclaiming? Second thing that we must do every day of our lives is we need to keep believing. Otherwise, we will turn away from God. We've looked at the shepherds. Let us now look at Mary. After the birth of Jesus and after the shepherds had visited them in the stable, Luke chapter 2, verse 19 says this, Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary never stopped believing that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. Why is that? Well, it's because she treasured all the things that had happened in her life. Did you guys, do you guys know what a diary is? A diary is a, you know, today is uh, like a notebook where people write down their experiences, important feelings, observations, right? The important events in their lives. They do that on a daily basis. Today, it seems like people use Facebook as their diary, right? Now, whether Mary had a mental diary or wrote things down on pieces of paper, her diary would show this. Number one, that an angel by the name of Gabriel appeared to her and announced to her that the Holy Spirit was going to come upon her. And as a result of that, she would become pregnant and she would give birth to Jesus Christ, the Son of the Most High God. Secondly, Mary's diary 
would show how an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, telling him to not be afraid to take Mary home as, as his wife, because what is in her is conceived by the Holy Spirit. The third item in Mary's diary probably also showed how the angel Gabriel appeared to Zechariah, who is the father of John the Baptist, the cousin of Jesus, and the role of John the Baptist is to be the forerunner. His role is to, was to prepare the way for Jesus Christ. Fourthly, Mary's diary would show their journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem because of a decree or census ordered by the Roman Emperor Caesar Augustus. Right? Old Testament prophecy said that Jesus was going to be born in Bethlehem. The problem is that Mary and Joseph, at the time that Mary was going to give birth, they lived in Nazareth. So God used Caesar Augustus to issue the decree so that Mary and Joseph would travel to Bethlehem so that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem and therefore fulfilling the Old Testament scripture saying that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Isn't God awesome? Yeah. I'm amazed. You know, you read the Bible from cover to cover, and you know who the different people, there's more than 40 authors that wrote the Bible throughout the period of how many hundreds of years? And um, I don't know that they probably cannot make the connection at the time they were writing what the Holy Spirit told them to write down. But now we have the privilege of reading everything from cover to cover and see how one part of Scripture is actually connected to uh, another part of Scripture in the Old Testament. You know, that really just tells me that God's Word is alive, it's powerful, it is living, it is sharper than a double-edged sword. Amen? Okay, last but not the least, Mary's diary, for sure, would have included the visit of the shepherds who probably told her about the angels that appeared before them. So Mary treasured up all these things in her heart, but she not only kept a record of these things, she pondered them in her heart. Can everybody say ponder? To ponder means to what? To consider something deeply and thoroughly. Right? It means to meditate. Now, Jewish people back in those days, I don't know about today, but uh, Mary for sure, they were required to study Old Testament scriptures. Right? And she probably knew about the Old Testament prophecies, including the, uh, the coming of the Messiah. And by reflecting on what she had in her diary and reflecting also on the Old Testament scriptures, Mary probably was able to make a connection between the Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah and the events surrounding her life and the life of Jesus. So at some point in time, Mary was able to make the connection she was able to connect all the dots together and realize that Jesus Christ was the Messiah promised in the Old Testament. By carefully meditating on her life events, Mary knew without a doubt that Jesus was indeed the Son of God. And I'm, I'm sure that Mary was afraid. She had her questions and doubts, but she probably was also full of joy and excitement. I mean, she knew she was a virgin when she became pregnant, so she knew she knew that indeed this was a miracle, this, this virgin birth. And she knew for sure that this, this, this child was going to be special. And indeed he was because, and is, because he is the savior of the world. And you know what? The pondering of Mary did not stop. 
Luke chapter 2 says that when Jesus was 12 years old, this was more than a decade after Jesus Christ was born, Jesus got separated from Mary and Joseph, and when they found Jesus, he was actually in the temple, 12 years old, having meaningful, serious discussions with the religious teachers. And Jesus told Mary and Joseph, why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? Mary and Joseph did not understand what Jesus meant. But Luke chapter 2 verse 51 says that Mary treasured all these things in her heart. Mary never stopped pondering. She never stopped believing. So Mary had her, are you guys learning something this morning? Yes, okay. You're meditating, you're pondering, right? <laughs> That's why you're quiet. Mary had her Old Testament scriptures and diary of the events in her life. Today, we have our Bibles, which are not meant to collect dust, right? We are to read and meditate on God's Word every day. And we also have our life experiences that we gain as a result of walking with Jesus Christ every day of our lives. At the end of each day, we need to reflect on the things that happen to us throughout the day, right? A lot of people don't do this, but Try doing this. At the end of each day, just meditate on the things or the events that took place during that day. It shouldn't take more than five minutes. It's just a matter of being disciplined and say, okay, let me reflect on what happened throughout the day. And you will see God for who he truly is. You will see how God, God did certain things, right? How God allowed certain things to happen. How God gave you ideas to make um, to make uh, the proper decision, right? I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Try doing this, right? And you will actually see that God's hand is always involved in every event of, of, your, of, your, of, your, uh, of your daily life. So, and when we do that, again, we will see God for who he truly is. We will see God's character in action. And then we need to use that to celebrate his awesomeness and his goodness. Amen? And while we might experience great things on particular days, there will be days that will be full of problems and trials. How many of you experience those days once in a while? Raise your hands. Oh, some of you haven't lived long enough. <laughs> and it's not about money all the time, right? Now, because we live in a fallen and broken world, bad things will happen to believers, right? That's in the Bible. In this world, you will have many trials, right? Jesus was talking to the believers. So believers and unbelievers you know, will experience bad things happening in their lives. Again, because this is a broken, corrupt world. That's why we all look forward to heaven. Amen? But listen, after 400 years of silence, God fulfilled His promise to send this world a Savior. It's been said that more than 100 distinct prophecies concerning the promised Messiah can be found in the Old Testament. And each and every one of those prophecies was fulfilled when Jesus Christ was born on Christmas Day. Can everybody say, God fulfills His promises. What are you hoping for, church? What are you believing for in your life? Right? Is it healing in your relationships? Healing in your finances? Healing in your bodies? Is it a job? Wisdom? Peace? Guidance? Strength? It is, is it the uh, return of a prodigal daughter? The return of a prodigal son? Is it a salvation? the salvation of a loved one. Read and meditate on the Word of God every day for the next year, 10 years, for as long as you are living on this earth. 
And as you read the Word of God, meditate on the Word of God, you need to put your hope in God. Put your hope in His words. Psalm 119 is a very beautiful psalm. This is actually the longest psalm in the Bible, right? And it encourages us to stay true and keep believing in God's Word no matter how bad our circumstances become. Several times. Can everybody say several times? This chapter says, I will put my hope in your word. Right? Why does this psalm keep repeating that? I will put my hope in your word. It is for us to remember and be encouraged. Again, bad things happen to us in our relationships, our finances, at work, at school, wherever we are, every day of our life. Bad things can happen. That's why it's very important for us to be encouraged to put our hope in the word of God. If we don't put our hope in the Word of God, then some people, they end up actually turning away from God or turn towards the, the things of this world, the ways of this world. And we know how that, that it is today, right? The ways of the world is completely deviating from the Word of God, right? The law, the laws of this land, the laws of the United States, they were all written like hundreds of years ago, and those laws were mostly based on biblical principles, but as you can tell, in today's times, those laws are changing, deviating, moving away from the Word of God. And I don't need to elaborate on this. You guys know what I'm talking about. Amen? Right? So to be wise, to put our hope in God's Word, because whatever God speaks, whatever He promises, eventually gets fulfilled. And God's Word is always constant. It never changes. Amen? Isaiah 55:11. Let's read this together. I send out my Word. It always produces fruit. It will accomplish all that I want it to accomplish. It will prosper everywhere I send it. So God fulfills everything he promises. If God said it, then we should believe it. Can everybody say, keep believing? The last thing we need to do every day of our lives until Jesus comes or until Jesus takes us is to keep loving people. And this last point is not from the shepherds or Mary. This is from me personally, every Christmas, the bottom of our Christmas tree, probably like yours, is always full of presents. And every, and every year, I have to remind myself, you know, we are so blessed. There's such an abundance here in Canada. There's so many presents, and it's not even my birthday. Whose birthday is it on Christmas? Jesus. Can everybody say Jesus? And yet we are the ones receiving presents. And also reminded of how many people all around the world are in great need of the basic necessities of life, beginning with eternal life in heaven. And then there are those parents who cannot afford to buy their kids clothes or toys on Christmas, let alone the rest of the year. There are many who don't have anything to eat on Christmas, never mind the rest of the year. So yes, we need to be thankful for what we have, but we also need to give and share our blessings with those need. Can everybody say, be generous? And when we give generously, right, we give generously, we don't give stingily. Amen? And we have a perfect role model for giving generously. Can we recite John 3.16? Next slide. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God gave generously. God continues to give generously. He did not have to send his son, Jesus Christ, who was in heaven, right? Right in his godly form. 
right? No problems up there, right? And yet God the Father said, son, I have to send you down to earth. It's a broken, fallen world, but we have to take care of the problem of sin. And Christ came down to earth, and Christ obediently, willingly went to the cross, right? He knew the suffering that he was going to face. That's why in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, Lord, Father, if you could take away this cup of suffering away from me, let it be. But let your will be done instead. So Jesus Christ knew the will of the Father. And so that is why he obediently went to the cross to solve the problem of sin. You see, there are consequences to sin. Romans chapter 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What are the consequences? Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So because of our sinful nature, no, more, no matter how hard we try, we will never ever succeed in fully obeying every commandment that God has given us. We will fail at obeying every single commandment every single time. Right? That's not to say we are... Um, our, like our sinful state before we were saved, right? Today, we should be sinning less and less, and we should be sinning less and less as each day goes by, as we get to walk in the Spirit and learn more about uh, God and His commands, and as we continue to receive power and strength through the Holy Spirit. Amen? Right? We are saved sinners. That's who we are. But we are not perfect. So I'm glad that God took care of everything that is needed for our salvation. We are saved only by grace. We are saved by the good work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Our own good works can never, ever save us. Imagine if it did, right? We would walk into heaven and say, we would say, hey, I'm here in heaven. I saved myself because of my own good works. That's now how it works. We, we require, it requires faith in, in, in God providing the grace that we need in order for us to be saved. Jesus went to the cross to take the punishment of our sins because he loves us this much, right? His two arms were completely stretched out on the cross. This is how generous his love is. This is how generous we should be with others as well. Each day of our lives, each day leading up to 2030 and beyond, we need to always keep our eyes open and see people through the eyes of Jesus. Because when we do this, we will see the needs of people. You know what I'm talking about, church? We will see, right? It's easy to just walk by somebody on the street or someone with a sad face and just, it's easy to just walk by them, right? But see people through the eyes of Jesus. Ask the Holy Spirit. Let me be more discerning, right? And then we, when we see the need of a person, we need to ask ourselves, what can I do for this person? Does this person need encouragement? Hey, how much time does he need to give encouragement? Five minutes? Does this person need prayer? How long does that take to pray for a person? Does this person need eternal life in heaven? Really, it feels like, a, 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 it feels like one hour to share the gospel with a person. But really, if you time it, you can actually share the gospel with another person within five minutes. Right? If you haven't tried it, try it. Again, you don't need to be experts. You need, don't need to be pastors or Bible scholars all you need to do is tell others what you have seen and heard. Can everybody say seen and heard? Right? What does this guy need? Does this guy need a meal? 
Your neighbor needs a meal. Your neighbor's lawn needs to be cut because they just went through surgery, right? Do I give this person my last $20? See people through the eyes of Jesus. Ask God to show us how to love others the way he loved us. Let us be generous Christians just as Christ was and continues to be generous to us. Amen, church? Final thoughts. So the shepherds had to go back to taking care of their sheep. Mary and Joseph eventually went back to Nazareth. Do you think that Joseph and Mary's lives became super busy after having baby Jesus? How many of you have children? Raise your hands. Yep, yep. Marcy? I thought you were like 21 years old. Oh, jeez. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Wow. There's a Christmas song sang by Faith Hill, and the song is entitled, A Baby Changes Everything. My daughter and son-in-law have a 14-month-old baby boy, and next month, yes, I'm a grandpa, and next month they will have a baby girl. So needless to say, the lives of my daughter and son-in-law have drastically changed. Their lives became busy, and it will become even busier when the second baby comes along. In the same way, baby, change, baby Jesus changed the lives of Mary and Joseph. And their lives continue to get even busier because the Bible says that Jesus had four other brothers and at least two other sisters. So life was busy for the shepherds and Mary. Tomorrow, most of you, some of you went back to work already though, to school and work. But some of you are returning to work this week uh, after having time off for one to two weeks. And life will return to being busy once again. When we return to school, to work, let us go back as different people. When the shepherds went back to their daily routine of taking care of the sheep, they went back as different men. They were changed men. The first Christmas did not change their circumstances. They were still poor. They still had to take care of stinky, smelly sheep. But because they had seen Jesus, they became changed men. Because Luke chapter 2, verse 20 on screen says, the shepherds returned. They went back to work, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Did you learn something this morning, church? Okay, I have one last thought. Next slide. The best is yet to come. Amen, church? If you want the remaining years of your earthly lives, not just next year, not just the next decade, but the remaining years of your lives, you want that to be the best, then God has to be in the picture. Because a life without God is a life of emptiness. Do you believe that? Amen. Amen. So God has to be in the picture. God needs to fill our lives. We need to be spirit-filled and spirit-led in everything that we do. We need to put God first, and you know what? He will bless you and take care of you just as he promised. What does Matthew 6.33 say? It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. So the best way to live life is to walk with Jesus. Love Jesus, know Jesus, serve Jesus, obey Jesus, and leave the consequences to Jesus. When we, when we serve Jesus, you don't need to worry about anything because he will take care of you. Do you believe that, church? Amen. At this point in time, I'd like to just um, invite everybody to just bow their heads. And um, if you're here today,
And I know no one raised their hands when uh, we asked for first-time visitors. But if you're here today and you know without a doubt that you do not have Jesus in your life, you haven't received him as your Savior, but you're interested in what you heard, My friend, Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart and he's saying, I know you're not perfect. I know you do things that the Bible says you shouldn't do. But you know what? I died on the cross for you so that you may have forgiveness. Moreover, I died on the cross for you so that you may have the gift of eternal life. On top of that, if you accept me today as your Savior, I can also save you with the different trials and challenges that you experience in your daily lives. Jesus wants to be your friend. He wants to be your Savior. He wants you to be the Lord of your life. At the end of, this, at the end of your life, Jesus wants you in heaven with him and all the angels and all the saints. My friend, there is a heaven, there is a hell. Jesus wants you to come over to his side. If you want Jesus in your life, I'd like you to pray with me. In fact, I'd like the whole church to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner. I humbly come before you asking for forgiveness. I don't know how to turn around my life, but I know you're talking to me right now. I know that you died on the cross for me. I believe that you can save me. I believe that you can give me eternal life in this wonderful place called heaven. Forgive me my sins. And from this day forward, I make the choice to follow you to obey you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.